Welcome to the St. Patrick Catholic Community Podcast in Scottsdale, Arizona. We are Christian Disciples in Mission. Welcome to the conversation from St. Patrick's Studio. My name is Brian Cannon. I'm the Director of Evangelization and Adult Formation, joined today by the one, the only, here she is, Jill McMahon, <laughs> Counselor to the Stars. Welcome, Jill. Counselor to the scar- Stars in Arizona. Ooh, oh, hey. hey <laughs> we, we, we're in dire need of some counseling wisdom today. So thank you so Good much morning, for Brian. sitting down once again uh, to talk all things coronavirus mm. and otherwise. All and things. All things. We're just talking all things today. Yeah, we've already had uh, the repartee this morning. The you and dancing. I have already had a full counseling session over about the last 45 minutes. You yep. can bill me. It's been great. Um, <laughs> Likewise. So, Today, what I wanted to kind of focus in on Mm -hmm. is where people are at now, I think is significantly different than when we started. I think for a while we were kind of winging it Mm -hmm. because, you know, I can, I can see some sort of light at the end of the tunnel, especially when the stay at home order here in Arizona was lifted and say, okay, so I see some progress. And Mm -hmm. since that time, I think the despair has set in again to a, a, a great extent And what we're hearing in our listening sessions at St. Patrick Catholic Community and just kind of anecdotally experiencing out there is a lot of loneliness, a lot of anger and frustration. And so I'm just curious as to what you're hearing. A lot of the same. It's really interesting, though. um, I, I echo what you say about how it's really shifted and changed. The first two months or three months of this pandemic, I was noticing a theme every week or two weeks. I was absolutely noticing a different theme that was walking into my office and, you know, would go from confusion to I got this because people thought that this was going to be short term, right? People really thought that a shutdown, that sheltering was going to be a two to three week situation. And so if you give a human a goal, especially a short-term goal, they are hardwired to think, okay, I can hit this. I can do this. I got this, right? Right? What I started noticing after a few weeks was there was a shift into – I got this, then into confusion. What's right and what's wrong? Who's telling me factual information? What source am I getting this information from? Does it stick, you know, on surfaces? Doesn't it stick on surfaces? Is it just really primarily dangerous for senior citizens? Am I, you know, risk-free? Then we went into a little bit of hopelessness about the first month to six weeks of okay, wait a minute, that two to three week time period has now lapsed. And I kind of feel like we're standing still. Are we ever going to come out of this? Is life ever going to be the same? Mm -hmm. Then we lifted, right? And um, for some, that was a pretty exciting time. I'll tell you, my house, it hasn't really changed much at all. Um, But I know every home is handling it differently. Um, But there was kind of... um, a sigh of relief to some extent and now we feel like we're being pulled backwards or or the tidal wave is taking us under a little bit so I do absolutely agree with you that people are um becoming emotionally fatigued I think that's the best way to explain it they're emotionally fatigued and I think when people feel that way 
you see them lash out mm-hmm. in, and you know the mm-hmm. we're in the age of the viral video mm-hmm. and now you see people out in public that are just doing crazy stuff that you can't i can't imagine happening in a what i would quote a normal time right absolutely and and so i think some of the anger too has shifted in its direction so for me i've got two kids that are about ready to start kindergarten yeah. okay that is not going to go how I expected it to go. And I find myself angry a little bit less at the virus itself. Okay. And maybe a little bit more at people. Right. How do we grapple with staying healthy in those feelings? Because I I feel justified in anger Mm -hmm. in a lot of instances, Mm -hmm. but how do I keep it from becoming destructive? Maybe as a conversation we can have. Um, that's a great example. And I would argue to say that every single person has one of those examples that fits their home or their life or their own personal story. Um, if you tell me that you're okay with this, okay with what's going on around you, I'm going to argue that you're in a state of denial and, or, um, you're just not being honest, (laughs) right? Everybody right now is losing something. Um, expectations are that fairy book, fairy tale book that we had written is being rewritten. I mean, pages are literally being, you know, taken out of the book. I think first and foremost is to acknowledge the feeling, right? Acknowledge it, allow it, try to problem solve it just a little bit. However, don't live there. Do not live there. Right. One thing, and I know that you and I had spoke about this earlier, and I'm seeing it left and right, is people are feeling as if um, they are doing without, right, or that they their lives have been duped in some way. And the second that they complain, they back it straight up. But but I know that I have it fine. I know that right. nobody in my family is sick. I know there's, that nobody's dying. I have nothing to complain about. Right. Oh, Catholics, we're 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 well acquainted. Right. And, and every single person that I've seen in my office does that same thing, as do I. Here's the thing. Just allow yourself to be where you are. Mm-hmm. Everybody is experiencing some sort. Acknowledge it. Talk to it. But don't allow it to live there. What does acknowledging it look like? I'm pissed. Yeah. I'm pissed. Right. And um, remember, I know that we spoke about this the last time that we were together for a conversation. To me, the same rules apply. Um, Everybody's handling this differently. Everybody is in a different place. Everybody is experiencing something. Right. So don't judge other people for where they are. Just recognize it, acknowledge it, but then move on with you. You need to do the same thing with your disappointment. Maybe you regret, oh, I wish I would have done this last year because I had no idea what this year was going to look. I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to be going to Africa tomorrow, tomorrow. on a mission trip. Uh, yeah. Um, boo. For, I mean, I'm acknowledging it. Right. I'm bummed. I'm sad. I thought this was going to be a life-changing experience for my children. I thought that I was going to get them out of Scottsdale and I was yeah. going to show them what the real world is like. And it was going to be a once-in-a-lifetime experience for us because we're probably not going to be able to do it again. I had to – did I know that was probably coming in February and March? February was in denial. 
March, I thought, ooh, maybe there's a 25, 30% chance. By April, I'm like, holy cow, I got a 50% chance. We're not going in July, right? But I held on. I held on to the hope by May when we got the email. And let's be real. I mean, I don't see that it was going to happen any other way. I still had to sit down and cry. I, that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I went into my bathroom. I put my head in, you know, my hands. My husband came walking in, put his hands on my shoulders, and I just needed to cry. And I said, I know this is silly. Um, you know, I'm a pretty smart gal. I figured the trip was going to be canceled, but I just need to be sad that I'm not going to, that we aren't going to be able to afford this experience for our children. Right. And if I play the comparison game and, and start to say, well, you know, so so many other people have lost jobs and have, have lost loved oh, ones yeah. and all of that stuff. And, and I can start to feel like my own loss or, or what I'm struggling yep. with or what I'm angry about is insignificant in comparison. Then what ends up happening is I never deal with those feelings. Right. Right. And, the, and that's not healthy either. Right. And the end result is. What's the end result? Then result is a lot of what we're seeing outside of our windows right, right now. We are living in a culture that is frustrated and fed up. And what we're doing is we are spewing those emotions all over one another. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm noticing. That's mm-hmm. what I'm noticing. That isn't necessarily what I'm, you know, I'm not reporting what I'm seeing in this practice. That's what Jill McMahon is noticing. Yeah. If I go to the coffee shop, if I, if I go to the grocery store, if I go to Walgreens, if I'm going to the gas station, there is this energy and feeling of negativity and judgment. Um, it doesn't feel like there's any place safe anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're experiencing that as well. <laughs> For sure. And, and I think part of it too is because at the beginning – maybe I didn't understand the duration that this is going on right. for. It's like I, I put off the preventative maintenance, right? I, I'm just going to get by on a wing and a prayer yeah. and, you know, we'll get through this. We don't have to kind of put any kind of mechanisms in place for the long haul. Because it was only going to last two to three weeks, remember? Right. right. And so the preventative maintenance on my mental health mm-hmm. or, you know, the, my perspective on things and setting up a routine that's going to be healthy mm-hmm. and those things, I'll, I'll just skate by. Yep. But now what are we seeing because of that is like these major blowups that, and, and nobody has um, really the benefit of the doubt anymore either when it comes to like, for example, mask wearing out in public, mm-hmm. man, that, could you at the beginning of this year ever said that, okay, by July wearing face masks or not wearing face masks in pro- public are, is going to be a major right. source of contention. No way. Here. Right. We couldn't have made that up. We couldn't have imagined that that was going to be an issue. Yeah, I'd be like, July this is the, stupi- the stupidest movie I've right. ever seen, right? It's just unbelievable. So I'm a hugger. Yeah. I'm a hugger. It has been really challenging for me not to embrace. I connect to people through embrace. Yeah. It's been really hard for me. You know, I wow. The fact that when somebody leaves my office crying and I can't hug them or, you know, I run into a friend that I haven't seen in two years and I can't hug them, I would have never envisioned. Mm -hmm. I would have never envisioned that there was a day where Jill McMahon wouldn't hug somebody regardless if they wanted it or not. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And now I'm voluntarily like, hey, how are you? (laughs) Right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that separation. So let's talk about that separation a little bit because what we're hearing too is – this profound sense of loneliness, right. which 
is on the surface level a little bit crazy because at our fingertips we have all of these massive t- tools for communication mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right we're doing it right now this is going to go out and uh, uh, yeah. you know probably millions of people are going to watch and hear this millions millions upon millions millions i get a lot of fan of happy from, subscribers yeah all all over the world and beyond and um so <laughs> how can that be how can we be so lonely and yet still be so capable so keep in mind that as humans, we are hardwired to connect with one another. Um, we are being told, however, right now to isolate and physically disconnect, right? So, so much of cum- communication that occurs isn't necessarily verbal. It's nonverbal. So many things have happened, right? Um, we were asked to shelter, we were asked to stay in our homes with our with our families for long, drawn out periods of time. <laughs> in some families, it seems longer than others. <laughs> um, you were being asked not to go visit your parents or your grandparents. Yeah. Um, you were being asked not to go sit by your loved one's side at the hospital. All of those things that are very foreign to us, it's not just emotional. A lot of it is biological. We are hardwired, regardless if you are an introvert or not. Mm-hmm. We are biologically hardwired to be in contact with one another. That has worried me from day one, honestly. That has concerned me since February. Um, I'm concerned what we're going to find in the next few years regarding um, – homicide and suicide numbers and I don't think we're going to have an an accurate statistic on that for about two two years because again there is something um calming about being in connection with somebody not only has the pandemic occurred Mr. Brian but it was you know compounded by several cultural issues one issue after the next, after the next. Um, that's very challenging right. for all of us. That's why I'm going to go back to just validate where you are and spend some time with it and investigate it, work through it, and then move on. But this isn't just pandemic. You know, not only do we feel disconnected because we have been told not to touch each other and to wear a mask where you can't see my facial expression. That's a nonverbal, right? We've also somewhere drawn lines and sides. And if you wear a mask, you're on this side. If you wear a mask, you're on that side. If you march, you're on one side. If you don't march, you're on the other side. Um, We have – it is compounded, and I believe this is the most division I have ever witnessed Mm -hmm. personally. The, the need to be connected to mm-hmm. others is so just kind of, it, it, it almost um, is on a subliminal level because I'll, this is what I'll see at St. Patrick's. So we have communion going on outside, yes right? And Father Eric has a little area that is coned off. He has a taped box he that does. he stands yeah, yeah, in. Yeah. yeah, it's like, don't feed the Eric, right? So so Father Eric is over there. Don't get too close, you know, kids. Right, right, <laughs> so, right. But I am distributing communion, mm-hmm. and sometimes there's a lull in the action, and I can hear what people are discussing with him. And a lot of times it is them almost pleading with him, when are we going to open up? When are we going to have 
wow. mass where we can be with one another. And and he's like, well, you know, when it's safe yeah. and when, and and they they know, they know, they agree with him, sure. right? But they're still asking him like yeah. like like almost like a child asking a father right. to. And they're going to ask over and over. Yeah, and over again. right. Like, are we there yet? Now, well, daddy, there can yet? I have the are cake? Now, yet, daddy, you know? can I have the cake? Now, daddy, and, I did a chore. Man, you know, I wouldn't. Obviously, I understand the um, the benefits of community. Sure. But to have it so deeply woven yeah. in is, um, has been eye opening for me. But even it's not not just being separated. You were showing me a statistic before we started about marriages. Mm-hmm. And loneliness even, and and you're sharing space. Can you talk a little bit about that and where that's coming from too? So it's interesting um, in preparing to converse with you, my friend Brian, which I don't really prepare. Um, <laughs> I went back and looked at uh, my conversation for the Home Field Advantage. I think it was in January, February, and it was on loneliness. And it's almost scary to me now to read it because this was pre-COVID, yeah. just pre-COVID. And so much of what we talked about in January, February has exploded and is even more prevalent for now. The one thing that one study that I read um, from 2018 in Psychology Today said that we, in 2018, we are in the middle of a loneliness epidemic. Pre-COVID, we were already disconnecting from each other. We were already disassociating from our peers. Um, Social media is primary reason for that. Not primary, is one of the reasons. Of course, we just keep ourselves so busy. Now we're not busy, as busy. Time is standing still a little bit. Um, An additional report from 2018 also shared that 42% of married couples individually reported experiencing loneliness. Wow. You have a built-in companion. Right. Pre-COVID, we were already feeling sheltered. We were already feeling lonely. So how do you think that this pandemic has then just compounded on top of that, right? Everything that we knew, you said something earlier about a routine and a schedule. Our routine has been completely turned upside down, like a snow globe. I mean, it is completely upside down. So the snow globe has now been set back up, and the debris is just falling down around us, and none of it is landing in the same place that it was prior to the pandemic, right? We don't know what any of that means. We're all trying to find a new routine, but we were lonely before the pandemic. Why would we expect that we're going to be any less lonely now? So loneliness can exist everywhere. I think, you know, what you and I had discussed earlier is now more than ever, we have to be very, very intentional about our self-care. We have to be very, very intentional about how we combat isolation and loneliness and detachment right now um the beginning of pandemic i would have said it's about survival Mm -hmm. let's just and i think that's what you just explained to me what you were doing right Mm -hmm. let's survive this for the short amount of time that it's going to be um part of the hopelessness that we're feeling now is we're now out of denial and we're in our new reality and the reality is holy cow four months later here we are. We don't feel like we've made any great improvement. Now what? As a matter of fact, it feels like 
to me that we've slipped backwards, right? Yeah. So I could feel like I can I can hold my breath for some time, <laughs> right? <laughs> but eventually I'm going to need some sort of breathing apparatus, right. right? So let's get down to the nitty gritty of mm-hmm. how then do we develop these quality relationships? You know, and maybe since we were already experiencing loneliness before COVID, right. maybe this pandemic time does provide us some sort of opportunity. And how do you see that working out, developing these quality relationships, even in the midst of all of this? If you look at it that way, I love the way you just phrased it. Maybe this does provide us some type of opportunity. I'm going to tell you right now, it's not going to provide you any opportunity if you don't welcome it. Yeah. Um, if you're going to continue St. Patrick's or anybody or anybody who of the millions that happens to tune into this, right. our conversation. Um, we have lots of fans in Madagascar. Let me just tell you. Pen pals. Yeah. If you're going to continue to swim against the current, you're not welcoming any type of positivity, any type of connection. You're going to be a lone man in the ocean and you're going to get tired And you're going to get fatigued. And long term, what is that going to do for you? Right? So redefine in your mind what connection is right now. Redefine in your mind what love is right now. And turn over on your back Mm -hmm. and start floating into shore. Um, So many of our at whole at large community members we're just trying to survive the first month or two and they're still holding on to that rope mm-hmm. they think that if they paddle hard enough long enough it's all going to go back to the way it was and they're going to get what they need and um they're going to persevere So I'm going to recommend that everybody just stop. I need you to doggy paddle for a while. I need you to get your wits about you. And I need you to start redefining in your mind and in your heart of what life is now and be okay with that Mm -hmm. and embrace it. There is so much goodness on the other side of acceptance. I say that in my grief work as well. Acceptance and grief is really hard. And let's be clear, my friend. This is grief. Right. We are all grieving, regardless if you're sad that your daughters aren't going to get to go to traditional kindergarten or if your senior from high school didn't get a graduation or if your husband just lost his job or if you lost your grandfather. This is all grief. We're going to go through all of the stages of grief. If we can all acknowledge the need for acceptance... It's going to be so much smoother. We're going to be able to finally look up and look around and go, okay, I got this. Mm -hmm. Like, I know how to do this now. I've done it for four months. Okay, that was my trial period. Like, I was on probation for my job, right? I had to figure out, like, which one of my bosses I could talk to, which one I want to avoid, what time I could go to the bathroom. You know, could I take a 35-minute lunch instead of a 30? Like, I had to work through all of the kinks. Right. So let's all just pause and stop and go, okay, like we went through our trial period. Let's now look back what worked and what didn't work. Coolest thing about life ever. 
we can wake up every single day and do it differently. Every single day. So let's just all pause, take a look back. What worked, what didn't work? What have we learned in the last four months? Okay, now if I have to make the assumption that life isn't changing back anytime soon, how can I do this next four months even better? Right. How can I improve? It's That's, okay to evaluate. Right? Oh my gosh, and, and it's to so reflect important. In, in, the, in the Christian tradition, we reflect. so seldom recognize God's presence in the moment. Agreed. Right. There's this veil that's often hard to see through, you know, and, and God's working. It's only in reflection that we right. acknowledge and recognize God's presence right. there. Right. And we can use this time for that, too. Do you see? I think we need to use this time for that. Right. And it could be different for everybody. Oh, right. Absolutely. And, 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 you know, for some people, it might be helpful to reach out to one of those old friends. Mm -hmm. from a different time mm -hmm. for some other people it might be too nostalgic and, and, and right. bring up too much, you know? And so it's going to be a little bit of a different roadmap for each of us, yep. but the, the common key is going to be that period of reflection. Yeah. So how do you do that? How do you pause <laughs> and take stock of those things? In all honesty, not any better than anybody else. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I will say that I have had, a lot of practice in the last few years of staying present. It's a thing with me and it doesn't come naturally. It literally is a practice and it's something that I um, coach all of the time in my in this office. Mm -hmm. um, the power of just staying present and not thinking too far ahead because when we think too far ahead, therein lies anxiety and sadness and hopelessness and the feeling of lack of control. And that's when we trip ourselves up, right? Mm -hmm. So I try, I've been trying um, very hard to stay present and it's not always easy. Here's the reality and you know it and I think everybody that's listening to this knows it as well. We're just trying to hold ourselves together so we can go at home, go home and hold our families together. Mm -hmm. It's not just us, like we're holding our employees together. Like everybody feels responsible for everybody else. Um, let that go and Learn how to just be with yourself. Set goals for yourself every day. How can I connect today? Mm -hmm. Let's come up with two ways that I can connect today. Because then you're going to model that for your kids. You're going to model that for your coworkers. You're going to walk into every situation calmer. We all just need to ground ourselves right now. Mm -hmm. We need to regret and, and change our expectations. So... um. I have this amazing mentor that I talk about every time that lives in Louisiana and the two like golden nuggets that I've taken away from my work with him is he always says that lack of sleep is the fastest road to insanity. I love that. And it's so Correct. true. Jill McMahon, not, but not her best self when she's not had a lot of sleep. Right. The other thing that I like to fall back on often is expectations that are set too high is also the quickest road to disappointment. Yeah. Check your expectations. I've said this to a lot of St. Pat's families when I go and talk about youth and teen anxiety, right? But this is a theme that can um, exist in all areas of life. Mm. Check your expectations. Are you expecting that the mask mandate is going to be lifted in a week? 
Check your expectations. The expectation game is strong. Because that's, that's all really that social media is about, right? Mm-hmm. It is about putting forth like the absolute best version of yourself mm-hmm. that people see and then get to compare mm-hmm. against and everybody's taking a picture of their dinner and which dinner mm-hmm. looks the best, you know? And so the expectation level ratchets up and ratchets up. And I think sometimes for me, I feel like reaching out to some friends I'll, I'll, and this is not woe me or pity me time or I don't have a whole lot, right? I used to. But there's a part of me that is a little bit afraid to reach out to an old friend because I might get rejected. Or, you know, if I start sharing with a friend that's beyond the Facebook and Instagram mm. surface level, that um, I might get judged or it might not go well. Or again, that expectation came. Do you feel that heightened now more than you did pre COVID? No, if anything, if anything, I, I see maybe an opening now mm. and I wonder if I might take it, you know, I might take a little bit of a risk to reach out to an old friend. It's not going to hurt you to yeah. reach out to an old friend, right? Right. And I might right. put myself in, in their shoes. Why would I, if they were to come to me? It's know? a different time. It's a different time. And right. We're sp- still speaking about expectations. Right. You've set this expectation in your mind that this could happen. If I reach out to Bob and, you know, He's like, oh, Lord, it's Brian. Yeah, they might think it's weird. Uh, that I mean, like, not what? return my call and right, I may feel yeah. rejected. So again, drop the expectations. Right. Make your Allow yourself to be vulnerable. We're not very good at that as a community. Mm-hmm. Allow yourself to be vulnerable. You'll feel so great at the end of the day to know that you at least tried. I think there might be a lot of people in that boat. There might be a lot of people that got like 500 Facebook friends or whatever, but they're not really connected in any kind of meaningful way. Right. So to put yourself out there and connect in a meaningful way, which would be so good for all of us Mm -hmm. to do, it involves risk, but maybe not as much as we think. Right. So how, how do you move forward? What, what steps do you take in order to really foster these healthy relationships with others? So, you know, it's, it's, it's important to know that sometimes it's quality over quantity so that if you're a person that happens to have two very good and rich and deep relationships, that may be all that you need. Right. There are other people that love to be connected to 25 or 30 people, right? But all you really need, I call it your army. I've always called it your army. You need the person that is going to show up for you regardless. If And if you don't have some of those, that's fine. But I encourage everybody to do what you just suggested contact two or three people that you haven't been in contact for with for a while if that's a teacher that you had in high school or you know um an instructor that you had you know whatever some work class that you connected with how about reaching out and just saying hey I know I'm going to circle back. I know you probably haven't heard from me in about three years. I just um, was thinking of a situation where you really impacted my life, and I want to share that with you right now. Do you know how powerful that would be to that person who's in the exact same boots that we are all wearing right now, regardless of what political line you sit on, regardless if you're wearing your mask or not, everybody likes to hear or feel that they have influenced somebody else in a positive way. Now is the time to do that because that we all need that. We all could benefit from that. And my dear friend Brian, if you do not get a response back from that individual or that person, 
who cares? Right. You're you've, in the same spot. You've put it out <laughs> in the you, universe. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's dropping the expectations. Don't give out expecting to receive anything in return. Mm. That's not what it's about. Give out because it feels good to give out. And if if that person has moved or doesn't have that phone number anymore and it went to some woman whose name is Sally Smith and she lives in Texas, she has no idea who you are, and she doesn't respond to you, oh, well, you put it out. So be vulnerable. Put yourself out there. You know, when it comes to how do we kind of center ourselves, which I think is where you're getting, like how do we ground ourselves? How do we combat this? Um, Reaching out to others is definitely going to be one of the three things that I recommend right now. Use this time to reach out to people that maybe you haven't for a while, but that isn't the end all and that isn't the catch, okay? I need everybody to establish a routine. So that first two months, we were all topsy-turvy. Everybody was expecting it to end. Um, It hasn't ended. And in all honesty, just accept that we don't know when it's going to end. Accept it. Sit with it today. Sit on your couch. Think it through. Have a conversation with yourself. Invite it. COVID, pandemic, civil unrest. Come on in. Come on into the table. Let's go. Everybody (laughs) grab a place. We need to have a conversation. Listen closely. Here's the key. You're going to have a conversation with all these areas of anxiety because that's what they are. And you're going to say, I can't control you. I don't like the control that you have over me right now, but I can't control you. And I need to accept that and I need to stop swimming against the current. I'm going to turn over on my back and I'm going to ride it in. I can control me. Mm-hmm. I can control this. I can control my heart. It's the only thing I can control. So I'm going to tell you guys, thank you for coming to the table. You can all leave now. I'm going to stop trying to control you because I am um, sacrificing my mental health and my physical health by attempting to try to fight you, fight the man, fight the system, whatever it is, everybody, you're trying to fight, stop fighting. Acceptance, I don't know how long we're going to be here. Contact people that you haven't been in contact with a while, for a while, or just check on, check in with somebody that you haven't checked in with for a long time. Invite everything that is creating anxiety in your life right now to the table. Have a conversation with them. Tell them that you're no longer going to try to gain any control over them. All you can control is yourself. Find that level of acceptance. I need you to stick with the routine. I need you to create a new routine because the routine that you had the first few months is probably not going to be the routine that you have now. I think we've all settled in. Do you feel a little more... Um, we don't have to be emotionally settled in, but yeah. like the, it is what it is. And it I know has what been it, for, I know it now. Right. You yeah. know what your day to day looks it. like now. Right. You don't see it changing this week or next week. Right. My husband is now working in our house. I got four people in my house. Yeah. Yeah. That took a while for me. Uh-huh. It took a bit. <laughs> but now I, but I accept it now and I get it. And I feel like, I'm going with the flow more because I'm not sitting there waiting. Like, is he going to go back to the office next week? He's not going back to the office. And the day I accepted it, he's, he's a joy to have around now. Right. Um, and I have now had to create a new routine. 
because the first two months I kept waiting for everything to shift. Create a new routine, exercise, and nature. Yeah. So I just do a lot of things at you right there. Do you want me to break them down? No, it's good. Okay. I mean, and and I think to what I need to hear in the, in the context of routine is the same thing I need to hear in Lent, the same thing I need to hear at New Year's, which is you will create this routine. It will feel really good and you will screw it up. <laughs> yeah. It all depends yeah. on what happens next. Right. So it will not go perfectly. Mm-mm. Right. You will not be able to fully accept that you cannot control the forces. Right. You, there will be times when I try to control the forces. Yeah. There will be times when I do not embrace the routine and yeah. Ben and Jerry's become my best friends for a while. That happened this week in one sitting. I'm not going <laughs> to judge myself only a little. Right. You're it, human. It, it's human. what happens next. Right. right. It's what happens next. It's being able to readopt those principles and not just let them. Well, I tried. You Am know? I going to choose to live here? Yeah. Or am I going to wake up the next morning and try again? Because yeah. I get to rewrite the script every single day. Yeah. So let's find the script that works best for me. Is it swimming against the tide and fighting the man? I use that term loosely because I think that can pertain to a lot of things right here. Or is it accepting and learning how to float on top of the waves? Mm-hmm. Does that work better for me? Right? I get to do this over again tomorrow. And you're right. A lot of these things don't come naturally and and it's a practice. And of course, you know, you're going to read a post or you're going to get a phone call or people love to send me all of their opinions via text. Awesome. Um, You may get a text that, you know, sets you off and you may lose control for a little bit, Mm -hmm. right? You may be triggered, but if you know what your personal ground rules are, if you know where you're centered, if you know where you want to be, um, and you need to sit down and review and think about it in order to rewrite some new ground rules. I had a really interesting conversation um, with a, a young friend of mine that that I hold very, very near and dear. He's 23, 24 years old, just graduated from med school. He just moved to Michigan and um, officially became a doctor, like a practicing in the hospital doctor like two days ago. And he and I went on a walk around the lake a couple weeks ago because that's how we were outdoor being safe, choosing to connect with one another. We weren't connecting over lunch or coffee, which we would typically do, right? Everything has to look differently. We found a way to be together so that I could wish him well and send him off. We sat down on a bench for a while and he said, calls me Miss Jill. And he said, Miss Jill, um, you know, like, how are you? People don't ask me that question a lot because I spend so much time taking care of other people. Right. So he's safe and I could share with him. And he said, I said, you know, I'm seeing this in my clients and that in my clients and people are starting to get hopeless. And I'm having a really hard time creating hope for these people three to four months out, I said, I think I thought I had it like the first two months. Like I thought that I could get them through, but this is going on and it's going on. And there's, there's new, very, very, um, upsetting ingredients being added to the mix. And I said, I just need to get people through. And he said, have you ever thought about instead of just getting them by or getting them through helping them embrace their new lifestyle because that's what this is going to be miss jill 
deep in the medical professional profession right now. It's like maybe by helping them get by or get through or just get through this isn't really what anybody needs right now. Maybe they just need to embrace or find positive ways to embrace and accept and acknowledge and find joy in this new lifestyle. Holy cow, I was just schooled by a 23-year-old. And I, I will admit, in all honesty, I think I like slumped over. I shook my head and I was like, that's hopeless. What you just shared with me was a little bit hopeless. The therapist said that. Yeah. I go, that, like, that doesn't, I can't say that to my clients. Like, I can't say that to my clients. Like, they just want an out. Like, they just need a break. They just need a breather. And he's like, just sit with it for a minute. He's so right. He's so right. So instead of waiting for this to be over, what if we just sat down and accepted that there is going to be a level of lifelong change and just say, okay, we're ready. Bring it on. I'm flexible. I can do this. It's going gonna, it's gonna to test me. It's going to test me. But if I step outside of my own expectations, oh, and people love comfort. Brian, come on. Oh, what was hello. The, what was the word you used? Content. I'm, cap, I'm Content. captain contentment, I'm, yeah. It's my he superpower. Was, he was sitting on the couch right before we started. I go, are you okay over there? Like, do you need anything? Do you need any water? And he's like, I'm content. I was like, oh, I love that word. <laughs> um, people are very comfortable. Their contentment. The idea of transformation is very daunting because in my brain, it requires an awful lot of energy. But the truth of the matter is that, uh, you know, we, we got the, the caterpillars that turn into a uh, mm -hmm. butterfly mm -hmm. at home for the, mm -hmm. for the girls and well, mostly for me, cause I think it's cool. <laughs> but, um, you know, the, the caterpillar doesn't have to direct any of that. It just has to go along with the process mm -hmm. has to and chill so, out. When we talk about transformation, it's only daunting when we're trying to fight the things that we have no control over. We have the energy, we have the wherewithal to go through this period of transformation in a healthy way if we're directed in ways that are productive as opposed to fighting against those forces that mm -hmm. are not able to be moved anyway. Right. right. So just kind of circle back around. We've talked a lot about you know, dealing with our anger, dealing with the the pervasive loneliness that was present in our culture before and, mm -hmm. and now maybe is even heightened. And there's a lot for people who are watching this or listening to this to kind of sift through. So if you look in the description uh, of the video or if you're listening to this as a podcast, what we've included for you is a link to a lot of Jill's material on loneliness. So you know, certainly give this a listen again if it's been helpful, but also go through some of that material, to, especially for me. I need I need things kind of in an ordered way, and that might help. So, Jill, I just really want to thank you for taking the time with us today. If you want to kind of leave us with one thought, one takeaway today, what would it be? I think it would be to be gentle with yourselves, acknowledge where you are, be okay where you are. Find a level of acceptance. Find a different level of connection. Find a different way to connect. 
And right now, embrace nature. Nature is very, very healing. It's more powerful than any antidepressant you can ever take. It's hot in Arizona. Get out early. Start your day by getting grounded. Um, and I love you all. That's <laughs> what we need too. more is love. Brian, we need love. more love. I love you all. Absolutely. So, Jill, thank you so much for taking this time. This has been The Conversation from St. Patrick's Studio. We'll see you next time.